Welcome to another show, the Get It Done Podcast. I am your host, Ashley King, aka the Get It Done Queen, where I help people of faith tell their story by writing a book and maximizing their reach through speaking and events. Y'all, I am very excited for tonight. We have another phenomenal author that's going to come and talk to us about her book, her life, and just the amazing things that she is doing. But first, I want to ask you a question. What do fear, doubt, insecurity, peace, joy, and hope all have in common. They start in your head. Your thoughts are powerful and can be a force for good or a source of chaos in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, we have author Brittany Thompson, and we're going to talk tonight about her latest book, God Minded, Living God Focused in a Me-Focused World. Brittany is a dynamic speaker and a certified life coach with over 10 years of full-time Christian ministry experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Brittany Renee Thompson to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. It is such a pleasure to have you on today's podcast. Now, you know, I've learned a little bit about you, but I want you to share more of yourself to the listener so we can get a better grasp of who you are. Okay, well, I, that's a very, very long story, but I'll try to keep it short. As you know, speakers, we have a difficult time with shortening our words sometimes, and uh, I'm no exception to that rule. <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in a, in a place in Utah, actually, as a Christian ministry. Mini- a Christian missionary to Mormon people. Um, my family moved here when I was eight years old, and um, that really shaped my life in a lot of ways. Um, but the reason that I decided to become a Christian speaker and a life coach and an author is because I felt the calling of God on my life at a very, very young age. Um, I knew I wanted to be a speaker. I knew I wanted to speak into the lives of Christian women. I knew I wanted to speak a message of freedom, but I didn't really know what that meant. (laughs) And so growing up in Utah, um, I I learned very quickly that I needed to know why I I believed what I believed and that God was very real to me um, because I was it was just me, you know? Um, And so it was a lot, it was a very interesting way of growing up. And um, as I grew up and got older, I became more insecure. Uh, Like that question that you asked earlier, what do all of these things have in common is they all start inside of our head. And I started living in this place of fear and insecurity and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be loved. Um, And that led down a very dangerous path for my life um, where I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough admiration from the people around me. And so I lived my life trying to please people and trying to be somebody that I wasn't, somebody that God did not create me to be. And um, a few years ago, I, uh, I, after battling with an eating disorder for 15 years and coming out of an abusive relationship, uh, God really got a hold of my life. And um, God minded the book that I wrote actually came out of that that time of discovering what freedom really meant, freedom in Christ, and living an abundant life. And so that's me. 
Awesome. Powerful words. And I think it's a beautiful thing when we can take the test that we've gone through and share our testimony with others um, to uplift, not only uplift them, but to glorify God. And that's exactly what you've done. And it's a, you know, a beautiful thing. So I want to go ahead and jump into chapter one, because I'm going to, I'm not even going to lie. Like I totally related off the back because I was like envisioning, oh my gosh, the many times that I've been eating, you know, just sat there, watch Netflix. And it's just, it was such a relatable thing. And I'm, you know, there are other women out there, maybe not, you know, binge eating has been your thing, but there has been some lies that not only we believe that were from the enemy, but that we've actually, you know, began to live and walk into. So I want to discuss more about the lie, the lies that we believe. Um, can you share more about that chapter? Yeah, and the first chapter, I wanted it to be exactly what you said, relatable and vulnerable. Um, because I think that when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable for other people to see, it helps them open up to that as well. And so starting off chapter one with the lies that we believe, are, it was really to shine a light on lies that we believe that we have accepted as truth for so many years. Mm-hmm. And just shining the light on them that they are lies. They're not truth. We need to not believe these things because they're contrary to God's word. Yes. And so, I mean, I think you go through your book and you actually ask questions that people, you know, need to think about. And I think that's beautiful because sometimes when we read books, you know, we read, but actually when you begin to think in process, I think that it, I love books that make you think, you know, make you really apply it to your own life. So, I mean, some of the questions that you have here is, you know, how often do you correct your thoughts? And I think that's, you know, considering that we are to renew our minds daily, um, you know, I think that that is something that we should be doing, but I don't think that we always do because we can have those negative um, defeating thoughts and that constantly, you know, plague us every day. So how can one renew their mind so that they can overcome those negative thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that uh, my in my book, I lay out a very practical process to how to do that. And obviously, everything that I put in my book is based on what God's word says. Mm-hmm. And it's really uh, the foundation of the book is based on both Philippians 4 and Romans 12, where it talks about the renewal of our mind and what that looks like. And so in order to renew our minds, we need to stop focusing on what's not true and focus on what is true. And that sounds way more simple than it is, (laughs) but I wanted to lay out a practical process for people to do that. And so I I came up with this four, it's the four um, S's, I call it. Um, The first is to see your thoughts. And that's just to become aware of the thoughts that are in your head, to know that they're there and to see them. The second is to say your thoughts. And saying your thoughts is a practical process to wake up a part of your brain that's the logical part of your brain and can see a thought rightly. Um, so instead of just keeping those thoughts in your head as a like constant nagging thought process, saying your thoughts specifically out loud allows them to come to the forefront of your mind and be able to deal with it. And then the, the third part is speak truth. And I say the, the best truth that there is out there is truth from God's word. Um, there are some thoughts that come up that aren't necessarily connected to God's word, but you can still speak truth over those thoughts. And then the fourth step is to set your mind. And that's just to decide, 
I'm not going to believe that anymore because that's a lie and I need to believe this truth. And if you do that consistently, you'll notice such a huge difference in your life and in your thought process. Definitely. I mean, I love how you said uh, renewing your mind is an intentional act and that those four steps definitely lay it out that we have to be intentional about, you know, being positive. The enemy is constantly, you know, plaguing us, throwing different things about that, but you have to be intentional by, um, you know, repeating or saying God's word and believing in it. Um, one of the things that I, you know, talk about or I teach is that, you know, there's fact and then there's truth, you know, fact, you may have cancer, but truth, you know, God is a healer. He can restore, he can do those things. So I think that's very important that we stand on God's word, um, no matter what others of the world may say. Um, and so then you go into cultivating thankfulness, which I think is beautiful. How can one go about cultivating thankfulness in their life? Oh, I, the first thing that I do every single morning when I wake up is I lay in bed before I even step foot out of bed, before I go to the bathroom, before anything. I, I lay in bed and I say, what are three things I'm thankful for at this very moment? Wow. Um, and I think that that gets your day just started off on the right track. And the Bible talks about this in First Thessalonians where it says, give thanks at all times. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to bring we want to bring awareness to the things that are good in our lives. And obviously, the top of that list is God. <laughs> the top of that list is I'm thankful that I have a warm bed to sleep in. I'm thankful that <laughs> I have enough money to live in a house that has air conditioning during the summertime or heat during the wintertime. You know, just practical things in your life. And if you start off your day with thankfulness, um, I mean, the next chapter that in the book talks a lot about why this is important and why, why it makes such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of our brain that searches for things. So when we tell our brain to search for things that we're thankful for, it continues that practice all throughout the day. That reminds me of, I don't know what the actual scientific term is. It's kind of when you get it or you've been thinking about a car that you want to purchase. And all of a sudden you've been seeing this BMW, you know, um, across the highway, everywhere you go. Um, but I think, you know, that same principle applies that, you know, when we think positive, then, you know, the positive comes. Um, and then when you think negative, that's where you tend to draw in. But I love when you said before you even get out of the bed in the morning, Morning, that you think about those three things. I know that's something that I can learn to cultivate more. Um, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, hey, thank you, God. Thank you for waking me up, rolling out of bed and going about my day. But I've noticed the days that when I slow down, and really give God his time, the day moves so much smoother and, you know, it's not as stressful. So I think that it's very important that we do cultivate thankfulness and be able to slow down and appreciate God and just the small things of life that really brings us joy. Um, and let's see, and I want to talk about um, chapter six, where we talk about the, you discuss, excuse me, the emotional fallout. Can you share with the listeners what's that about? Yeah, this chapter was oh, probably the most difficult for me to write, honestly, um, because I, I saved it until the end on purpose because I, I knew the emotional 
fallout that I'd gone through, but I didn't realize that I would still go through it as I was writing the chapter. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> and this is, when I say the emotional fallout, it's the emotional fallout that you have from changing your mindset because our brains don't like to change. No. They like to stay the same. They don't like to be upset. Like our normal routine likes to stay the same. And God did that on purpose. I mean, he did it for our safety and he did it for our protection and he did it for our comfort, right? But it can be a bad thing when our, our normal daily routine is negative or is looking for everything that's wrong or is in an abusive situation or an addiction. Um, those types of things cause great angst when you try to change them in your mind. <laughs> and so the emotional fallout that can come after you start the process of renewing your mind is you're going to start experiencing things that maybe you haven't dealt with in a really long time. Like things that come up where you're just like, oh, I thought I was done with this. Or I just feel like I'm doubting everything I'm doing or I have more fear than I felt in a long time. And that's our brain's way of trying to get us to fall back into our old routine. Mm -hmm. um, so in chapter six, I actually, as I was writing the book, I went through this process as I was writing chapter six um, because it was, I'd come to this point in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm literally laying my soul bare in this book for everybody to see the they're going to see all of these things that I hid for so long in my life. Um, they're going to be able to see my, my downfalls and my, my story played out before them and the way that I used to respond to food or in an abusive relationship, which I don't share a lot about in this book. Um, but I got to the point of writing chapter six, the emotional fallout, and it was this I didn't want to write it. I, I, my brain would not, just would not let me write it. So I started talking through my thoughts out loud and it, it really became this process of, okay, I know I, it came down to this thought. If I finish this chapter, then the book will be finished and this ministry and this book will have to go forward. There's no stopping once it's done but I can still stop now. I don't have to publish. I don't have to do any of these things, but I knew I did and I knew I wanted to. And it tried to pull me back into this place of, but you could go back to the place where you were comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I just written about this horrible place in my life where I was, where I was not comfortable. I was not free. And yet my brain was telling me, you can always go back to that place. So that's what chapter six is. <laughs> And it's such a scary thing to kind of pour yourself out there to be vulnerable. I remember at the writing my first book, I didn't even market or do anything for like three years because the fear of what people will think about me, you know, how I would be perceived was really there. You know, it was it was really strong and heavy. So after you, you know, took that plunge and, you know, published your book, was there like a sense of relief, you know, like a sense of accomplishment that you've literally faced your Goliath, like you put it out there, you bared your soul. Um, how were how you feeling after you, you know, in essence, published your book to the world? Well, <laughs> I did not market it hardly at all. <laughs> like you said, it was a it was a very difficult process, actually, because I'm like, anybody can take hold of this and anybody can see my, these deep, dark secrets in my life and anybody can see. But 
they can also see the freedom and they can also see the hope and they can also see the peace that I now have in my life that wasn't there before. And that's why I wanted to put it out there in, in the first place. So yes, I did have some of that fear, but I felt like I, I had conquered this thing. And that's one of the things that I make myself do on a regular basis. If I feel fear, I make myself push past it and do it anyway. Um, because that's so good for your brain to realize like everything that I'm afraid of doesn't have to control my life. Um, so I, I started doing that. <laughs> and so that was very helpful in, in putting my book out there and, and letting people see it. Yes. And when you push past your fear and, you know, all those doubts and insecurity, um, there is a newfound freedom because most of the times, you know, what you fear or doubted or was insecure about wasn't that, you know, maybe serious to begin with. It was all in your head. So, I mean, you go on to talk about, you know, finding your, your passion and living with, sorry, finding your purpose and living with passion. You know, how can one go about that? Because I know, um, when I very first, you know, developed my relationship with Christ, that was one of the questions as far as how do I find my purpose? Um, and then how do I live with the passion to really, you know, once I discover my purpose, how do I live with the passion of, you know, fulfilling God's will for my life? Um, can you discuss, you know, how does one go about doing those two things? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Again, it, I mean, it seems like it's this huge thing. Um, and what I always tell women is what God has you, like what he made you for is for purpose, is for your specific calling. And, and it doesn't have to be some what my calling is, which is to stand on a stage and, and speak freedom into women's lives and speak hope into women's lives. It doesn't have to be that. Um, it can be something simple. And the stage of life that you're in really determines what your calling is right now, what your purpose is, and it can change throughout your life. So you don't have to come to this place in your life where you say, okay, this is my purpose. I have to do this no matter what. No, it, sh it should happen kind of naturally. Um, but the Bible talks about that we were made specifically for purpose, that God created us as his workmanship. And he has a purpose and a calling for us. But it's not something that we necessarily make happen although it does take very necessary very forward steps to yeah. to walk in that purpose um but you're going to notice things in your life that are i was i talk about i think five or six different things in chapter seven to look for to find your purpose and your passion what things are you passionate about what things do you talk about on a regular basis and you can ask these questions to people that know you really well but ask ask them like, what do you think I'm really passionate about? Like, what do you think uh, is important to me? What things um, do I talk about a lot? What things should I be focusing on? Um, another thing is you can look for different themes in your life. So this theme of being a leader, talking to women, speaking from a state, this has been a current, like a, a constant theme in my life from the age I was 12, the age of 12 until now when I'm actually fulfilling it at 36 years old, right? Um, and I always think, I always tell people this as well, your purpose 
God's calling you to a specific purpose, but it took Moses 80 years to get there. <laughs> you know, like it took Abraham almost the same amount of time to get to this place where he was actually living in the purpose that God created him for. But it was always in God's timing. It was always in God's plan. And to, to make something happen is not exactly... Um, following and, and trusting God, <laughs> but there's things that he calls you to do that, that take you closer to that purpose and, and living in that passion. And you can live in passion without living your full purpose as well by, by trusting God and believing what he has to say about you and trusting in who he's made you to be. And I would say who God created you to be is exactly who you should be. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to step into somebody else's shoes. But um, chapter seven specifically talks through what things you can look for to find maybe a hint at what your purpose is and step towards that. Definitely. And it is a process, you know, that um, pro I guess a process of elimination. You may love helping people, but it may not be, you know, as a nurse, because maybe you can't stand blood or you realize that, you, you know, you say helping people, then you try out hospitality working in the kitchen at the church and you realize you're just a horrible cook or maybe, you know, that serving is just in that particular capacity isn't the best. So, you know, definitely, I think, you know, addressing those questions, asking, you know, those that are around you that know you the best, um, those would definitely help you become closer to your, your purpose and living in your passion. So, I mean, is there anything else, Ms. Brittany, that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, I think one of the, the biggest things I want to share with listeners is wherever you are, you're not stuck. <laughs> Um, you don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to live in a place of hating the life that you have or feeling like you are never going to be free or any of that stuff. Because what, what we have in God is the freedom to dig out of that, the freedom to not stay in that place, the freedom to live with purpose and with passion. Um, but I think that so often we get so wrapped up in this idea of, well, this is just who I am. This is just the life that I have. You know, I, I wish I could have what this person has, but this, that's not my life, you know? Um, and I think so often we just get stuck. Like I, I, I Picture it like a person who is like hiking up the mountain and they get stuck in a swamp yeah. and there's not swamp all around them, but where they are currently, they're stuck in the mire, they're stuck in the mud and they can't get through it. And so they, they view it as, well, this is all there is. But if they actually stopped and they actually looked around them, yeah. they would see like, there's dry ground right there. You know, like all you have to do is take the steps to get there. And God's word very clearly lays out for us what it means to live a life that is renewed, um, to renew our minds, to live with passion, to, to focus on the things that actually bring us into that freedom and abundant life that God's word talks about. And so um, I'm actually, I don't know if, if any of your listeners would be interested, but I'm actually starting a free um, book study through my book, God Minded, starting on August 5th. Okay. And it will be through Zoom. So um, it'll be like face-to-face -face and it'll just be a really good time. If anybody's interested in being a part of that, I think I can send out a link uh, and you can post it in the show notes maybe um, that would allow a person to join that and be, be a part of that study just to get started on that intentional 
daily renewing of your mind, which is so, so, so important as believers. It's not just going to church on Sunday. It's not just talking about Jesus every once in a while. It's like this intentional movement towards God, intentional movement of renewing your mind and being intentional about it every single day. So I think that's, that's all I have to say. (laughs) Tell me, where can people um, get your book? Yeah, my book is on Amazon. It's actually, I think, everywhere right now. I I did expanded distribution on my book, so it should be on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever you want to find it. Um, you'll be able to find it. Awesome. So. That is beautiful. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast, you know, sharing your knowledge and expertise. Um, It has not only, you know, been a blessing to me, but I'm pretty sure it's been a blessing to the listeners. I think, you know, when we actually share our testimonies and be able to hear, you know, what other people have gone through and not, not only gone through, but like overcame it inspires the listener. So I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, Definitely make sure I get the link so I'll be able to share it with the listeners and so they can get that as well. But um, thank you so much. Um, Can you share your um, website or your social media just in case anyone wants to connect with you? Yeah, sure. Um, My website is brittanythompson.com. It's pretty simple. B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-T-H-O-N-P-S-O-N.com. And um, I'm on Instagram as Brittany Renee Thompson, which is on my my book, my author, my name, um, and Facebook, Brittany Renee Thompson. So you should be able to find me there. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much once again. And you have a blessed day, all right? All right, you too. Thanks. Thank you.